I'm Robin. And I'm Polly. And this is... Home is where the murder is. Yep. Yep. Starting off strong, guys. Yep. Biting the side of my mouth. Yeah, what happened to your mouth? I, I had the privilege of getting a root canal today. It is a privilege. I should say that because not everyone has access to dental care and I got to go get a root canal today. Would I have chose to get a root canal? Like, was that at the top of my list of things to do today? Absolutely not. I hate getting dental work done. Oh, it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. Nothing nothing worse than dental work. I would rather go to the doctor, <laughs> get all the checkups, shots, sorry, Robin, but Gross. like, do it. Yeah. I, I do not like dental work. Oh, I agree. I'm right there with you. I mean, there's not probably many people that like dental work. I mean, I'm probably in the norm here, but like, ugh, I hate it. Do you get the bite the the bite guard put in when you get dental work done? What is a bite guard? You don't get the bite guard. Well, no, because I get knocked out. Oh, so the bite guard it goes in the other side of the mouth as you get the dental work done, so that you don't have to like hold your mouth open. That's really hot. Sorry. Ow. Yeah, tea is hot. Hot tea. Hot tea. Hot tea. Oh my goodness. Um, no, I just I I'm you such to- a baby that I make them knock me out or wow. I. Will- participate yeah no so i get the bite garden so, cool so i so that i don't have to like actively hold my mouth open okay well so that, that makes it a little bit easier because yeah. that's hard to do to like keep your mouth open yeah. like actively for like 45 minutes well, you know what straight? drives me nuts about the dentist is when they talk to you yeah when you have your mouth open and they're like in there and they're asking you questions and you're like yeah ah, ah. They do that more for like a cleaning. I feel like yeah. root canal. I'm not getting asked a lot of like yeah. questions about my life. I think that they understand yeah. like we're doing a procedure well, here. This person does not want to be bothered yeah. about like, so where do you kids go to school? And yeah. like, what grades are they in? Like there, there's none of that small talk. Yeah. I, when I took Logan to the dentist the last time, they, and he's a talker because he gets yeah. that from me. Right. So he for some reason, gets into the dentist chair and it becomes a therapy chair where he yeah. talks about absolutely everything from the last five years of his life. Yeah. And the, he'll get through, we'll get through that. And finally, she'll be like, okay, we'll open up big for me. And then she'll start working and she'll ask him a question. And then she has to stop because yeah. she realizes he's telling another story. Like, oh, oh, there's yeah. more. A 20-minute cleaning is You should there prep for her. Be like, you can't I talk have, to him. No, I have. Yeah. They, We've gone to this dentist since he was a little kid. They know better, but it's yeah. like human nature. They're just like trying to be polite. Right. That's just like part of their thing. And then they realize it. I'm like, and then don't ask me questions because I talk too. Yeah. So it's like to- a half hour cleaning. They're like, well, yep. two la- hours later, yeah. they're they're out just, of there. Yep. That's us. So yeah. am I in the same room? Don't. Don't. We've got stories. Yeah. So. Buckle up, give everyone. Yep. Sit down. So yeah, well, I'm really sorry about your mouth. But you look yeah. great. Yeah, it doesn't look awkward. Nope, which is disappointing to me. Feels but. awkward. They had to do like <coughs> extra Sorry. Novocaine like up into yeah. like the root, root like canal up by my sinus. So it like feels like it went all the way up into my eye almost. So that was cool. That's great. Uh-huh. There's that. Good. Um. All right. Well, I have a cough. I so love that. I'm for gonna you. have that for us today. And of course I have a cough on what will be my longest, I think, murder yet. It's good timing. So I mean it could be worse. Remember when I didn't have a voice? Yeah, but I feel like it for some reason that got 
better as you went. It did. Well, I, bl- I think the tea, and I'm glad that I have tea again today. We have tea again. It's hot, yeah, hot tea. It is very hot, but I think that will help when I start. And what is your tea of choice tonight? I'm having cherry berry. Cherry berry. Because it's my favorite tea. kind. Yeah. I have um pumpkin chai. Okay. Oh, yum. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> we'll edit anyway. that out. Sorry. We don't edit. No, we're not going to edit anything. <laughs> we you don't get, edit. You guys get everything. You get everything. Yeah. We're not We're not yeah, like you know that. that. I mean, did you hear our intro? Like We <laughs> we uh, didn't even want to restart yeah, it. No. You get us as we are. Yep. And that's what people like about us. You know what? We're just over here struggling. We are who we are. We be who we be. Yep. So. It's okay. So yeah, we are sorry we are getting this out later than expected. Um, I was pretty sick on Sunday. Robin had food poisoning. I had food poisoning. That's what we've determined. That was the technical difficulty that we had. Um, it lasted. I was sick all through Monday as well. So I was able to like function and work and whatnot. But, like, but you were working from home. I worked from why. home, yeah. And um, I, it was nice because then I could get up and vomit whenever I needed to without anyone questioning it. <laughs> that is really nice. Yeah. You're right. That's nice. Yep. So, yeah. But so today is my first day like back to normal. Barely. I barely. I haven't eaten a whole lot because of it. But. You know what? That's fine too because I'm trying to lose weight. So, 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 so pl- is it a plus? No, I, thought, I mean, no, it didn't feel like you a don't plus want at the time. to be sick. Yeah, Man, no. food poisoning. I. It was like my body kept trying to barf up everything, but there was nothing left to barf. You know what? If it's not one end with her, it's the it's other. The other, honestly, right? <laughs> I know. I explained that to someone at work today. They were talking because uh, people in the office listen to our podcast. And somebody brought up the fact that we hadn't put an episode out. And she was like, we, uh, I'm just going to call her Shannon in my office. She listens and she's like, I didn't have anything to listen to on my way into work today. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, but I was explaining to another girl about our podcast and I was like, yeah, we talk about murder that happened at home. So I'm like, and we talk about poop. So, and now oh, I can say we talk yeah, about vomit. And vomit. So. You know what? Real life. Yeah. All the things. Real life. So, just, yeah, I'm telling you, any guy any that situation. listens to this yeah. is going to be like, hmm, I don't know about That's a her. hot piece is what he's going to mm, say. Right? Yeah. So, it is funny because a guy that I'm sort of seeing is interested in being a sponsor of our podcast. And he's like, but I won't listen to it. I'm like, good. He's like. You're like, damn straight you yeah. won't. He's like, I'm just not that into that kind of stuff. And I was like, good. Yeah. Because like, you don't even like, know. You'll really not be into yeah. this type of stuff pointing to you. <laughs> right. You like this thing? You won't be into that. Listens to my Poughkeepsie episode. Yeah. Poop Kipsy. That was a great episode. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so yeah, I have a cough, so every now and then you're gonna hear me hack up along, but you're just gonna have to play along with it. That's the way it's gonna be. Just so. be like, how about every time that Robin coughs, you take a a drink of whatever drink you have there in front you go. of you. Oh, what a fun game! Yeah, could Good. be coffee, it could be hot tea, could be it could booze. be it could be booze. Yeah, just water. Yeah, maybe you're hydrating. Oh, that'd be great! What a fun game! I love that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, so just a couple of things real quick. So we, uh, our live show is coming up in about two weeks, little, little more than two weeks. Tickets, pr- tickets have kind of gone, um, a lot faster recently. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden we've got an influx of people coming to the show, which is great. I think cause it's getting closer to it. People yeah. are like, okay, I'm free. I can go. Yep. Uh, so that's great. We have donation prizes and raffle prizes to go to uh with the proceeds going to officer dan morale who is a milwaukee police officer who was just shot in the line of duty he's got a long road of recovery and he's also a personal friend of mine so i was in his wedding so i want to make sure that we take you know, care of him take care of him Help so take care of him. yep um so yeah so we're gonna be doing that on february 16th if you haven't gotten your tickets make sure you do so We've also been, or this is kind of exciting news, we have been asked to possibly do a live show on a boat. 
On a, a cruise. On a cruise. A boat. Just a fishing boat. That's how I keep describing it to people. That's how I'm like, She's I'm like, like a little four-person rowboat. Yeah. So, no. No. Um, actually, the woman that um, suggested the case I'm doing today, her name is Sherry Chelsea, and I believe she's from New Hampshire. Oh, God. I hope I didn't get that wrong. But she is, um, I mean, the case is from New Hampshire, so that makes me believe it is, but that yeah. she is. But she is a travel agent, and she had this great idea about us doing a live show on a Norwegian cruise, and it would be January 2026, so it would give people plenty of time if they wanted to join us. Uh, four days, it would be a live show, and good times with us, so kind of a cool idea, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're working on... Some so we're gonna, we're gonna work with her to get the details. But Sherry, thank you for that great suggestion. We love it, and yeah, we love that you listen and that you suggested this really great case that we're gonna discuss today. So thank you. Yeah. <coughs> Take a drink. Take a drink, everybody. Um, <laughs> and the last thing I have is I just want to give a shout out to Mrs. Wisconsin, and uh, her name is Andrea Bender. She is our 2023 Mrs. Wisconsin. She got us some really cool true crime earrings the other day. They were so cute. Yeah, thank we'll, you so we'll much. We'll post a picture of them yeah. in the group. But uh, thank you so much for that. You guys are always sending us such cool swag and whatnot. And we really yeah. appreciate it. It's also really cool when Mrs. Wisconsin is listening to you. So Yeah, but, it's really cool. So thanks, Andrea Bender. We love you. Yeah. Thanks Molly, for listening. Do you have any uh, updates? Um, Anything that you need to share with the, with the, the group? I got a root canal. That's it, huh? That's the only thing going on in your life? What what else do I got? I don't know. I was just I was just asking. Oh, because you want to take a drink of your yeah. hot tea. Um, that's hot. Yeah, I told you it's oh, very that hot. Tongue. Yeah, it's not ready mm. yet. You have to have that lid off for a bit. Ooh, ah. Nope, not really. Okay, just living life. All right, good. Well, I guess we should probably just get at it then. I think so. It's a long one. It's a long one. I mean, yeah, just okay. just yeah. Me, Here we go. Me, I'm just. You're just going to sit over there and just enjoy yourself. I am. I'm Novocaine is still currently in my system. Good. And (gasps) fun fact. Yeah. There is a Bon Jovi song called Novocaine. It's off of his 2005 Have a Nice Day album. Yep. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. All right. So this is the, the, the story of, now there's two ways I could say this. Okay. How do you want to say it? I'm going to call it the murder of Greg Smart. Okay. Some people call it the story of murderer Pamela Smart. Okay. You be the, you decide at the end which one you want to call it. Okay. Okay? Okay. So I want, again want to thank Sherry Chelsea, one of our loyal listeners from New Hampshire, for suggesting this case. She posted it in the group with a topless photo of John Bon Jovi circa 1994 which is my favorite era of and Bon Jovi. Man, did you get noticed. And it immediately went to the top of my list. So good work, Sherry. Um, so Sherry tells me that she remembers this case very well as she grew up in the town next next town over. So hopefully I cover this to her standards. So now there is a lot of information. This is not a, this is a well-known case. I'm sure once I start talking about it, you're going to remember it. Maybe not because it's from the 90s, but... It is a very well-known case. There's been movies made about it, documentaries. It's huge. So it took me a while to, like, kind of pull everything. And eventually I had to stop pulling things because we don't want to be on. This isn't, like, a, you know, six-part episode. So there is probably a lot more information on it. But I suggest listening to those podcasts, watching those documentaries, 
I'll have them all listed because I took bits and pieces out of each of them. So, right. All right. So Pamela Smart was born Pamela Wojas. And I don't know if it's Wojas or Wojas. Wojas. I think it's Wojas. Okay. W-O-J-A-S. Wojas. Wojas. Or is the J like Wojas? I don't know. Like if it's like Jesus or is it like. Right. But we're just going to. She was born. She sure was. On August 16th, 1967 in Coral Gables, Florida. She was one of three children to John and Linda. Her mother was a homemaker and described as a very loving wife and mother. Her father was an airline pilot and described as a wonderful father and husband as well. She lived in Miami until her family moved to Derry, New Hampshire when she was in eighth grade. She attended Pinkerton Academy and then went on to Florida State University. While in school, she was noted as a sweet and happy person, and you could find her with her fellow cheerleaders, cheerleaders, sorry, or hanging with friends. She graduated. Oh, no. I'm Gra- already She started. graduated. She graduated. She did. Mm-hmm, with a communications degree. And while she was in school, she worked three jobs and also ended up graduating early. Three so, jobs. It sounds like someone else I know. Sounds like us, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Except we're not graduating from anything. Not, well, not currently. This is just our life. Yeah. While in school, she hosted two different radio shows for the college radio station. She was very bright hardworking, and achieved everything she set her mind to. She had aspirations of becoming a journalist and and ending up in the media. Well, she didn't become a journalist, but she sure as shit ended up in the media. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Probably not for the reasons that she wanted to. Well, no. No. While in school, Pamela didn't date or have relationships. She was very focused on her work and schooling. Well, she had three jobs. She was a cheerleader. No like, we yeah. can, I mean, we can relate. You can't date your husband and I can't get a date. So. Seriously. However, in 1986, she went home for Christmas break and met Gregory Smart. She tells ABC News that she wasn't initially attracted to him, but by February 1987, they were dating. Gregory was born on September 4th, 1965 in Nashua, New Hampshire, to his loving parents, William and Judith. Nashua. Nashua. You know what Nashua is? That's from um, Office. The Office. That's where Holly yeah. goes yeah. to work out of the Dunder Mountain. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was. I need. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. All right. Okay. Got it. Okay. I. I the, yep. The name automatically. Okay. Nashua. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Greg had the long rocker hair and was described as fun and outgoing. As the relationship grew, Gregory eventually moved to Florida to be closer to Pamela during her last year of school. They married on May 7th, 1989, but it wouldn't be long before the couple were having difficulties in their marriage. And it wouldn't be long before Greg Smart was found dead. Now, at the time of their wedding, Pamela was 21 and Greg was 24. In the words of this 37-year-old who has still not gotten married, they were babies. That's pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. My brother married young as well, and he and his wife have a wonderful marriage, but I personally find it so hard to wrap my head around marriage that young. Then again, I have a hard time wrapping my head around marriage at all, so I guess I probably shouldn't comment, but... But you were engaged young. I was engaged young, and then I was not engaged. You're welcome for bringing that up. Thanks. Great. (laughs) Until I get the emails about this. What? Yeah, anyway... Anyway, anyway, on with the story. (laughs) Not long after their wedding, the couple moved back to New Hampshire. They bought a condo located in the Summerhill Condos at 4 Misty Morning Drive, Unit E, Derry, New Hampshire. 
a two-bedroom, two-bath condo located in a very nice area of Derry and was considered a great place for a young couple to begin their life together. Pamela landed herself a pretty cool job where she was a media liaison for 12 or so public schools in the area. This job included duties like teaching students about media and television, writing press releases, and creating content for the schools. A good stepping stone to get her to where she wanted to be someday. At 22 years old, she was getting paid very well, had benefits, time off, her own secretary, who was twice her age, and respect from her peers. Gotta get those benefits. Yes, we know. We know. Meanwhile, Greg switched gears from being a rock and roll kid into working in insurance with his father. Now, sources say that prior to the wedding, Greg cut his hair so that he could look more professional at work. People say this was the first trigger for Pamela, as she was attracted to Greg because he looked like a rock star. The quote from Nancy Grace is, she dated a rock star, but married an insurance agent. Mm. Which again, getting married this young comes with a lot of shell shock. You don't know, you don't grow, if you don't grow together at the same time, you grow apart. I mean, that's just common knowledge. People grow apart from each other all the time. So, but it's hard when you're that young and you haven't even found out who you are as a person. Right, you're still growing and figuring out who you are as a person. And if you're... Yeah. Together with someone as you're both doing that, you're not who you are yet. Exactly. Yeah. And that's part in case we want to bring this back up. Part of when I was engaged, we grew apart. I saw that we were continuously growing apart. I wanted different things than he did. So we just nipped it in the butt before it got to that point where we'd have to be divorced. Yeah. (coughs) Take a drink. Okay. You brought it up, not me. (laughs) It's so hot. It's hotty. Fun fact, there's a movie called Murder in New Hampshire where Helen Hunt plays Pamela Smart and there's a scene where Greg shows up at her house with his new short hair and Pamela doesn't like it one bit. He then says to her, I may look like Donald Trump, but I still feel like John Bon Jovi. Donald Trump? Oh, man. It's funny, right? Yeah. Okay. And I just had to put that part in there. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't either, but I but watched, now you kind of want to. Well, see I watched it. that one part, and that was yeah. enough for me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm like they, I thought it was funny when I was researching it. That was the one part that I came yeah. across, and I was like, yeah, it mentions Bon Jovi. Yeah, like what are the odds? And that picture, and you, the whole thing. I what? Uh, I think yeah. I'm one step closer to finally getting to John Bon Jovi. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Life began to become a routine for the couple. She would work during the day, and Greg spent most of his evenings going to people's houses to pitch insurance policies. She was left alone, and it didn't take long before she felt married life to be boring and unfulfilling. So, to fill the lonely void she was feeling, she made some new friends. Those friends, you ask? Yeah. Well, they just so happened to be the high school kids she came across during her work days as the media liaison. Well, well. I don't think that that's a good idea. Mm, too late. At this point, the couple hasn't even the, the couple haven't even been married for a year, and she's hanging out with high schoolers. And Greg, well, he wasn't up to any good himself. Yeah. Greg comes home one night and tells Pamela that he was having an affair. Oh, oh. So my brain is just shocked by the entire downfall of events. You know, to get married this young, and there's videos of their wedding. And they just are beaming. They yeah. are a young and in couple. love. Yeah. Absolutely. They have this 
this great life with these con the condo and good jobs. It's like, ugh, what happened? So in they less, were young and dumb and in yeah, love. Yeah, so basically. like in less than six months, he they were he was cheating on her. Yeah, and she was running around with teenagers. Yeah, hanging out with teenagers. Like kind of crazy. Yeah. So. So the newlyweds are clearly on different pages. Greg is getting busy elsewhere. It's probably in one of those porn video scenarios. You know how like the salesman shows up to yeah. the house and the husband's yeah. out. It's She's like, oh, well, oh, come on in. Yeah, my husband won't be home for a couple hours. You know, yeah. I imagine that's what happened. And Pam is working on becoming homecoming queen at the age of 22. Yeah. Granted, hanging out with 17 or 18 year olds isn't necessarily the craziest thing because of the age difference. Because they're really not that far apart in age per se, but she's in a professional role. Right. So don't, you know, shit where you eat kind of situation. Um, especially when your plate is surrounded by minors. Yeah. Like, come on. Not not a good idea. No, never a good idea. So the news of Greg's affair completely devastates Pamela. She says that she felt betrayed and that she would that and she felt she wasn't good enough for him. And I get this, no matter how bad the relationship may be at the time, it hurts when someone who is supposed to lo- be loyal to you isn't. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to understand her point of view right there. Like, he, you met, like she's laying in, there was a scenario that she talks about where she was laying in bed and she was waiting for him to come home, fell asleep, woke up the next morning and he wasn't home. Yeah. You can just imagine what she must have been feeling. Right. Um. So he... That night, he originally told her that he had gone out drinking with some friends, um, but didn't want to drive, so he stayed at their place. Um, when he came clean about the cheating, he tells her, no, I actually met that woman that night, and that was the first night I spent with her. Yeah. So it's like her, that gut feeling turned out to be true. Right. So you can imagine what that would do to somebody. Yep. So Pamela says this definitely shifted the marriage as she no longer trusted him, and obviously you cannot blame her for that. So it was definitely a dick move on his part. The sad part for me is that she was clearly successful and was headed to do great things with her life. I am sad that Greg's poor choice hurt her the way it did because it should, it could have been, or she could have been stronger within if she just would have just told him to F off, you know, like she could have, if she would have known what I know at 37, she would have told him to F but off. But she was young and exactly, she didn't have that life experience. It's right. Like, damn it. Right. Like, if, if I if only back then I could go over and be like, hey, you're going to be OK, you know. Right. Just get a divorce. Move on with your life. You are going to be fine. But at the time, it's nope. just that the world. Yep. Devastation. Yeah. That's all she knows. That's, you know, yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. So it's just one of those things that you learn with age, I guess. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. So this whole scenario takes us up to May 1st, 1990, six days before their one year wedding anniversary. Pamela is at a school board meeting and gets home around 10 p.m. She opens the front door and immediately sees Greg lying on the floor. She starts screaming and running from door to door asking for help and for someone to call 911. A neighbor lets her in and calls 911 saying that her husband appears to be passed out and that the wife is frantic. Police arrive and Pamela is outside sobbing and absolutely distraught. When police enter the condo unit, they see Greg lying on his stomach with a blue towel around his head. Under that towel was a gunshot wound to the back of his head. The house appeared to be ransacked as well, which led police to believe this was a burglary gone wrong. Law enforcement and family members agree that Pamela did indeed seem distraught and inconsolable, 
She was in shock and shaking and did not appear to be acting. Her clothes were even soaked from all the tears she had been crying. Oh. So, yeah. Awful. Investigators note that the house is completely ransacked with a stereo system torn apart, dressers rummaged through, yet Greg lies on the ground dead with his wallet still on him and wearing his gold wedding ring. Which is weird. Yep. If someone was robbing them, why wouldn't they have taken these things? Yep. Later, Pamela would also mention that the only things stolen were a couple pieces of her jewelry. Police also note that most burglars in the area don't carry firearms and that there, w- there, and that there was no forced entry to the condo. They found a kitchen knife outside and a little marijuana in Greg's truck, but not enough for them to think this was about drugs. They look into his phone records and find that he was, ca- uh, he was calling a gambling service and arranging a trip to Atlantic City. Was this retaliation for an owed gambling debt? Nope. All leads took them to a dead end. Hmm. That was until the community started talking. The day of Greg's wake, May 4th, 1990. May the 4th be with you. That's why they did. That's why they had that's it why that they day. Had it that yeah. Day. It is colder than usual. It seems and there isn't a dry eye in the church. Pamela is still a mess and surrounded by family. His parents are struggling to understand why and how. Meanwhile, the cops have n- nothing to go on, which makes the hurt even harder to bear. Something to note during the wake, a group of teenage boys showed up and people were really curious as to what connection they had to Greg. Safe to say they stuck out like a sore thumb among those mourning Greg. I'm sure they didn't have a connection to Greg. I'm sure they had a connection to... Pamela. Yeah. Correct. Correct. (coughs) Correct. Excuse me. Take a drink. I'm not drinking that. It's going to burn my tongue. Okay. Six days after Greg's murder on May 6th, Pamela does something alarming. She makes a call to a local news station and tells them she would like to give an interview. She told them that she wanted to tell the world who Greg was. In this interview, she pleads with her condo community to come forward with any information they may have. She talks about how much she misses him and how she's struggling to accept that he's gone. Now, no new leads or witnesses come from the interview and the case begins to go cold. That is until June 10th, 1990, when a man walks into the Seabrook police station. Seabrook is about 40 miles away from Derry, where the crime happened. The man hands officers a 38 caliber pistol and says, I believe my gun was used in the murder of Greg Smart. Just, there it is. Yep. Here you go. Like, why would this man think this? Yeah. It's like the smoking gun. Right. Was Literally. it still smoking? I wasn't no. there. No, it wasn't, I'm sure. Okay. That'd be weird. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. The backstory of how the man ended up at this police station with such a huge claim is this. He owned the gun and recently had gone to get it. He immediately noticed that it had been cleaned, but he had not cleaned it. He turns to his teenage son and asks if he knows anything about why it would be clean. His son tells him his friend Ralph Welch told him it had been used to kill Greg Smart. Oh, just like that. Boom. That that was there pretty like... Huh. Like, come on, well, he didn't even try. You know, if no one's going to ask him, why would he just say it? Yeah. You got to ask the questions with kids, you know? The kids like, I can't lie. If he asks me, yeah, guys, I'm going to tell him. Yeah. But if he doesn't ask me. If he doesn't me, ask me, I don't have to tell him. But if he asks me, I'm going to tell him. Exactly. Yeah. Just a typical father-son talk right there. Yeah. Dairy police retrieve the gun and do a ballistics test. And yep, it's their murder weapon. Man. 
Not wasting any time, they go find Ralph Welch and bring him in for questioning. Ralph gets into the interrogation room and starts singing like a canary. He tells investigators that three teenage boys were responsible for the killing of Greg Smart. And when they showed up at his condo on May 1st, their sole intention was to kill him. Who were these three teenagers? Billy Flynn, Patrick Pete Randall, and Vance Latim Jr. Ralph goes on to say that Vance waited in the car and was the getaway driver. Ralph says that Pete and Billy broke into the condo, which is interesting because police ne- uh, noted that there was no forced entry into the home. Yeah. Okay, so that's important to keep in your mind. Ralph says that they put the dog in the cellar, planted the scene to look like a blur burglary. That's different. That's a new word. It's different than a regular burglary. Yeah. Yeah. So it was um, the the scene was set to look like a burglary. That's when they put the dog in the cellar. Yeah. 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 There it is. And when Greg came home, they grabbed him and threw him to the ground. Pete apparently grabbed Greg's head and Billy shot him in the back of the head. Now, these boys were no strangers to the police. They had already had their fair share of run-ins and a reputation of hating cops. But they're also kids. But to their knowledge, nothing had ever been done to this extent. You know, back in the day, you just did things. And you know what I mean? Like, we were kids. Once we used to run around after the lights well, right. went out. Like there's, you know. It's a lot of talk, too. Exactly. It's not a lot of do. Yeah. And it's not like they had, like, terrible records or anything. They yeah. just were causing havoc. I imagine that's what it's like when my father was a child. Because it sounded like he caused a lot of havoc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like egging houses or yeah. like, it's like just a lot of like or bullshit. Like putting a dead pig welded with a chain around its neck on top of the high school. That old thing. Yep. My dad did that. Yeah. Anyway, my grandpa helped, which is the best part because my grandpa's like the nicest guy on earth. So anyway. Hmm. So uh, the, the next thing police wanted to know was why. Ralph told them that they were promised insurance money. Well, the only person who could possibly have promised them insurance money was Pamela. Pamela. Don Pammy. Pammy girl. Pammy. Don't call me Pammy. <laughs> According to Ralph, these kids were promised $500 a piece from Pamela if they killed her husband. It's like nothing. Nothing. Even back then, that was yeah, not enough to kill that someone. Is nothing. I know. That's about $1,200 a piece in today's money. Yeah, nothing. It's my mortgage payment. So if someone said, hey, I'll cover your mortgage payment for a month if you kill somebody, what, do you think I would do it? No. No. Two mortgage payments or nothing. Minimum. Yeah. No, that's a lie, guys. No, that is a lie. I, I would hope Three. they would. I hope they would think that that's a lie. Yeah, I think, obviously. Yeah. So to me, based on everything I was reading and watching, I was relatively shocked that Pam was involved. And I say that because if you watch any of the interviews, if you uh, like read the stories about it, like in the newspapers when it first happened, she's just distraught. Like it, it's actually really sad. So I was shocked when I actually got to this part of the story and I was like, oh, like that it kind of like reminded me like, oh, shit, that's right. She did it. Yeah. So that's why I was like surprised because and this is where people go one way or the other. Is she involved or not? Because she seemed really upset when he passed. Huh. However, detectives were not shocked. Right. They were keeping some clues close to their chests. Example. They said that when Pam was interviewed, she was able to describe the crime. (coughs) The crime scene. (coughs) 
she was able to uh, um, describe the crime scene probably because oh my god she uh, was a part of the crime scene because she was able to sorry guys. know exactly what was going on with it. I have regular water right there too. Oh no, the tea works. Oh my gosh, sorry. She had an attack. <laughs> oh my gosh. Today would have been a good day to have a guest speaker. A guest speaker. I'm sorry, everybody. <clears throat> I bet you that's just fun for you guys to listen to. <coughs> yeah. Um, you might have to finish this for me. Anyway. Needed. So, yeah, so um, she was able to describe the crime scene and was very focused on the fact that a speaker was missing. They thought that was odd because her husband was lying dead on the floor and she was very adamant about a speaker not being where it normally was. Oh, thanks. They also said that in her... <coughs> Gosh, I bet you guys are just loving... How many So drinks, good. How many they're hammered are, if they're having they're, alcohol. Yeah. Hammered. Oh, that's got something in it. It's electrolytes. Oh, great. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. Whew. I actually, like, broke out in a sweat. Oh, okay. no. They also said that in her interview, which was a couple hours after she found her husband dead... She was very emotionless, which I don't like to go off of because police and family also noted that she was in complete shock. Well, and I mean, and again, everyone yep. reacts differently. differently. I don't like going by that either because yeah. we've seen things where people. Well, a good member of the Manuela Allen case I did where yeah. the husband was like kind of like put together and was, I don't know, until he found out his wife was dead. He was just very not like. This is what's happening. Well, and I mean, and some people, I think maybe they just want are so focused maybe on cooperating too, just to yeah. help the police. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like you just don't know how you're going to react in a situation. And the thing until is, you're I've never been situation. in a situation. Yeah, never been in a situation yeah. like that. So I don't know how I would react. Yeah. So I mean, I think that it, again, everyone reacts yeah. differently. So, so I don't like to go off of that, but that is something that they were noting that she yeah. seemed emotionless. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, when it comes to reading someone's emotions, I feel like you can't win here. They, that's one of the reasons they didn't completely jump on it. But again, it was one of their clues. You are a suspect if you're too emotional and a suspect if you don't show enough emotion. Right. So during this time, the community began to suspect her as well, dubbing her the ice princess due to what they thought was a cold demeanor when interviewed or seen in public. So I guess that's where you wonder. At, let's see. This is about a month after total um, of, of after his murder. Yeah. And she's still the acting the way she is. I don't know. And it's funny because uh, I read that they called her the Ice Princess. But then I also read they called her the Ice Queen. So not sure which it is. But I went with Princess because she was so young. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Good. I just wanted to put that out there in case someone wants to correct me. Yeah. But. But if it was out there both ways. So. So remember that interview I mentioned earlier that she did with the local news station? Yeah. Well, I left out a couple things. After this interview, police actually suspected her more than they originally did. Why? Because of some key things that she said. She talked about the crime scene in this interview, but she never went past the doorway and was never allowed into the condo once the police arrived. So how did she know details about the apartment? Also, she says something completely heartless in her interview, and it legit made me gasp. She said... If you think about it, this really couldn't have happened at a better time. When the report presses, reporter presses on that alarming comment, she says, 
Because if this would have happened when we were married for like 20 years, I would have loved him so much more and I wouldn't have been able to wrap my head around that. That's a very weird comment. Isn't that an odd thing to say? Yeah, like I didn't love him that much. This kind couldn't of a have thing. happened at a better time. Well, like she's saying, like I, I would have loved him more and I didn't love him as exactly. much like, now. What the fuck? Like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of lost all respect for her right then and there at that moment. Yeah. That's a very weird thing. So it makes you wonder why she would want to talk to the press at all, right? Yeah. Mm. When asked that later on in life, she tells them that the reporter was harassing her and said he was going to run a story that Greg was this low-life gambler unless she talked. The reporter, his name is Bill Spencer, denies this and said she and she, and denies this and he said that she called the news st- station. So Yeah. So police now have a high school boy claiming that Pamela hired three additional high schoolers to kill her husband. But how do they find that connection or motive? Well, they begin digging and they find that Pamela was actually pretty close with those three students whom she was working on a media project with. They found their connection and began digging further. And boy, what they unraveled was a lot more than they bargained for. When they began to interview the three suspects, they quickly learned that Pamela was actually having an affair with 15-year-old Billy Flynn. Oh, 15-year-old. Oh, man. Billy Finn. Couldn't have been like an 18-year-old. It was a 15-year-old. And Billy Flynn just so happened to be the one that pulled the trigger that killed Greg Smart. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be long before all three boys admitted to what they had done and secured plea deals to to help take down the mastermind of this crime, Pamela Smart. Yeah. On August 1st, 1990, Pamela was heading to her car in the school parking lot when she saw Detective Daniel Pelletier. She had talked to him many times before, so when she approached him, she casually asked, what's up? He said, I have good and bad news for you. The good news, we solved your husband's murder. The bad news, you're under arrest. It was reported that Pamela was shocked by this, but was arrested right there in the parking lot and charged with conspiracy to commit murder. 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 Sorry. Saying a lot of fun words murder. today. Murder. <coughs> murder. <coughs> Dang it. Anyway. Yeah. Pamela's murder trial began on March 4th, 1991, and the prosecution lit her up, to say the least. Yeah. They described her as an evil woman who took advantage of a teenage boy and his friends. It was said that Pamela fell out of love with her husband, as did he when her, um, um, as did he. So remember when they had, he had the fair yeah. and everything, they both just kind of fell out of love with another. So she knew she had an expensive do- divorce coming her way. To avoid that and actually walk away with $140,000 in life insurance pop money, she put a plan into action to have him murdered. Flynn testified on his 17th birthday that Pamela, I'm sorry, Flynn testified. I, I screwed this up while writing it too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. on the way I read it in the in the newspaper article, it says Flynn testified on his 17th birthday, comma, and then I read it someplace else that he testified about his 17th birthday. So let me be clear. He testified about what happened on his 17th birthday. So okay. <laughs> so about what happened on his 17th so, so birthday. This, okay, so on his 17th birthday, Pamela gave him a strip tease and they made love. Aw. Which was his first time having sex. Okay. So she took his, his V card. 
Mm-hmm. On his 17th birthday? On his 17th birthday, she took his V-card. Talk about the power. That I thought he woman. was 15. Before. Oh, you're right. Okay. Maybe, maybe, so then maybe he did testify on his 17th birthday. Oh, but he testified on yeah. his 17th birthday. Maybe that is what it is. See, I read so, it two different ways. Okay. So now I'm going to go back and check and I'll have to make it. Okay, update, okay, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. So, but he probably testified yeah. on his 17th birthday that he, that's that what she I, took. See, and that's what I thought. Yeah. Because that's what the newspaper said. Nun, yeah. You know, so that makes more sense because it's the you case. Know, if you go, so you know, I don't know why I keep doing this, but yeah. I keep using oxygen as a source and they mess things they up. They mess things up bad. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes. So I bet So it makes why. more sense that Okay, so on his seventeenth birthday he tes- He testified. Okay. So he tested about to testified about how they first the first time they made love. Was probably on his when he was fifteen. Fifteen, yep. Yes. And she took his V card. Yes. Okay. That, that makes, makes sense. Way more sense. We they got it figured out. We talked it through. Good. We're here we're so, in this together. Yes, we are. We're so. all in this together. Okay, that's it. Copyright. Yep, you're right. So, so what? What bothers me about it is like she knew what she was doing. One hundred percent. We all know the power a woman has when you take an older, like an older woman, pretty woman. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm, I'm guessing she was beautiful. You don't have to have had done it to like, but you know that if you took some kid's virginity, you have the power. I -hmm. mean, that's just common knowledge because they're gonna fall in love with you instantly. Right. So. She knew what she was doing. Absolutely. Flynn says that right after they had sex, she began talking about how she wanted to get rid of her husband. She started to cry and hold him and told him that the only way they could be together is if Greg were dead and that if he really loved her, he would kill him. He goes on to say that over the next couple of months, the four of them began to plan Greg's murder. He said that the day they murdered him, he had been begging for his life. So that... This is crazy to me. They go through all this. He gets right put in front of this guy. His whole life's about to flash over his eyes. The guy's begging for him not to kill him. And he does it anyway. Yeah. So Flynn does go on to say that he he said he felt like he was staying there forever. But it happened so fast all at the same time. That right. kind of thing. But still, like, dude, could have walked away. Yeah, you didn't have to do it. I mean, I understand <laughs> that, like, yeah. you felt like you probably had to do it, like, just, just because of, but, like, you didn't I, have to do it either. Yeah, so that's just, it's terrible. Pamela also took the stand in her defense and stated that Flynn killed Greg out of a rage because she had broken off their relationship. She admitted to the affair but denied having anything to do with Greg's murder. So now you're seeing a different side of things. So now... You have her saying, yes, I did have an affair with him, but I called it off and she killed and he killed my husband in retaliation. Right. Which very possible. Could have been. Sure. Sure. Except for one key detail. There was no forced entry into the home. Right. She was not home at the time. And there's three other people saying that she was in on it. Yeah. So it's like very convenient that she was at a school board meeting that night. Right. Yeah. So. Um. So her demeanor on the stand was once again cold and it certainly didn't help the help that sway the jury in her favor. And there are videos that you can find of her talking on the stand. And yeah, she's very just matter of fact, like, nope, this is how what happened and not doesn't look remorseful or anything. So I again, I know that we can't 
whatever, say, but if I were on trial for a murder I didn't commit, I can't tell, I wouldn't be sitting there just straight-faced. I'd be fucking freaking out. Yeah. So, I can already, I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Because I don't, uh, I don't. After a two-week trial, on March 22nd, 1991, Pamela was found guilty of being an accomplice to first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and witness tampering. She got the witness tampering for trying to convince people not to talk to the police. Oh. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. Ooh, yeah. Right? I kind of that's, that's kind of a stiff sentence for yeah. a blonde white well, chick and for in the nineties. Yeah, for yeah. 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 But also during this time there was also like a lot of those big nineties murders, you know, like I think L- Lorena Bobbitt wasn't she slice slice it off some penises or whatever. Sometimes he got them. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, the, I think the 90s were the times of, of women murderers. I just feel like that was something that was going on. That was something to do back then. It's very hot back then. Like, so, so hot right now. So in right then, yeah. Yeah. So, Smart is serving her life sentence at the Maximum Security Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for women in Westchester County, New York. She was transferred there in 1993 from the New Hampshire State Prison for Women. Now, at the time, the New Hampshire officials said that the transfer was for security reasons. However, it was later noted that it was for disciplinary reasons. Huh. She apparently had 22 discipline. God dang it. Disciplinary reports, <laughs> but they were noted for minor offenses. So eh. it was also said that the transfer occurred because New Hampshire didn't have the security in their facility to keep a high profile person like smart without someone trying to get her out of there. So to break her loose. Yeah. So they... You know, that makes sense because this was a big deal. This was all over the media. Right. In October 1996, Smart was severely beaten by fellow inmates Mona Graves and Ghana Miller. She sustained a fractured nose and a broken eye socket, Ooh, which ouch. resulted in the insertion of a plastic plate on the left side of her face. Ouch. Uh-huh. That sounds painful. Yep. The inmates beat her um, because they accused of her snitching on them about their prison relationship. Oh, Ooh, snitches get plates in their face. There you go. <laughs> so both the women were convicted of second degree assault in the attack on Pamela Smart at the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility and were transferred to separate prisons after they were convicted. Oh, mm-hmm. sad for them. Yep. That's in a year relationship. That's what happens, ladies. As a result of this beating, Pamela Smart has to take medication for her chronic pain and per her counselor, she often considers suicide. Ooh. But. Okay. Yeah. In 2003, photos of Smart were published in the National Enquirer, and they weren't good photos of her. You know what I'm saying? Like saucy? Saucy. She filed a complaint against the prison and was placed in solitary confinement for two months. So someone must have taken the photos within the prison. So then they put her in solitary confinement as oh their response to that. So like, did she want these photos taken? No. So they weren't her fault, right? So that so yeah, right. So Smart sued in retaliation to yeah. placement in solitary, but that lawsuit was dismissed. I'm get, from what I can tell, it was because they put her in there to keep her away from whoever might have been taking the photos. Okay, was their response. So that part was dismissed. In 2004, Smart and fellow inmate Carolyn Warmus sued officials at Bedford Hills claiming sexual harassment and sexual assault by a correctional's office, corrections officer um, who had co- co- 
forced them into posing for the suggestive pictures published in 2003. Oh. So then it came clean who, who it was. Who it was. On November 5th, 2009, uh, the, she was approved $23,875 in a judgment um, from the state of New York. Smart received um, $8,700 of that while her attorney received the remaining balance for attorney fees. So she made some money while she was in prison. Get some snacks or Get something. Get some snacks. In April 2004, she appealed her her sentence, um, but it was um, upheld. And uh, she is officially, as of 2023, in March of 2023, she ex- executed her last appeal and lost. And she no longer has any more appeals. So she will be in prison for the rest of her life. There, sh- there she be. Uh-huh. Gets more interesting, though. <clears throat> oh. To this day, she still claims she had absolutely nothing to do with it. And if you will give her the media attention, she will take it and she will tell you that she had nothing to do with it. Betcha she likes that media attention. She sure does. Yeah. she you, you watch it. You can tell she does. Yeah. So she did publicly apologize for her affair as she does believe that that did cause her husband's death. But she stands by the fact that she had nothing to do with his murder. Okay. Okay. All right. Whatever. So in 1992, Billy Flynn was sentenced to life in prison for second degree murder. Um, he would be not be eligible for parole uh, for 40 years and um, with 12 years of the minimum sentence deferred if he had good behavior. Okay. <clears throat> Which he did. Oh. Um, he was at the main state prison in Warren and he earned his GED and he had been active in charity work and worked as an electrician in the prison. Oh. In 2007, he sought to have his sentence reduced after serving 16 years, stating that he had vowed not to do so until he had spent as many years behind bars that he had spent free. So. Okay. Okay. So that was all right. He, he could have tried for appeal after 12 and he waited till 16. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, he also apologized publicly to Greg Smart's family for murdering him. Okay. Okay. Shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Yep. So at least, you know, my bad. My bad. So uh, the Smart family opposed the request. Yeah. And uh, the request was denied for parole. Okay. Um, but he did get a reduction of his sentence of, uh, by three years to 25 years, making him eligible for parole in 2015. Okay. In July 2014, Flynn was moved to a minimum security facility in Warren where he was allowed to participate in a work release program. So he's he's doing stuff, okay? Yeah. And then Flynn was granted parole by the state board in March of 2015 and was released from prison uh, with lifetime parole. So then he's always going to be on parole for the rest of his life in June of 2015. Okay. And that was a few days past the 25th anniversary of Greg's death. Okay. Okay. Um, He did go on to get married and start his life over. Okay. Hopefully. I, yeah. I don't know. Like he was a kid. I think, I think, I mean, he, he still killed someone. Still killed somebody. I think that he was groomed. Yep. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. And yeah. he was manipulated yeah. and kind of, yeah. See, yeah. You know, it's you know hard. my stance on things, how I feel like if you don't, if you take a life, you shouldn't get to live a life. Yeah. That's my stance on pretty much at all time. However, I have had I've said, you know, there's certain circumstances. This is a little different. He was technically a child who yeah. clearly spent his time in prison trying to prove make it right and make it right. Change it. Change, change his, his ways. Yep. Like make do things for the good. Yeah. 
And so, it looks like he did do good in prison. Yes. So, I mean, we can only hope that he, yeah. you know, does everything he and can. And I think that he was, I mean, technically, like, yeah. yes, he was a child. He was yeah. taken, taken advantage, advantage of. of he was groomed. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. Yeah. So he got out and Pamela Smart is pissed about that. So there was one uh, article I read where it says that she watches him because she's like, well, he's the key for me getting out because I need him to tell the truth. Um, hmm. You're not getting out. I think it's interesting how three separate interviews all had the same story, ma'am. So Well, and like, you're not getting out, Pamela. Right. Like, what do you mean he's the key for you getting out? Yeah. You're not getting out. Yeah. So like, he probably hates your guts, ma'am. Oh, Are you absolutely. Kidding me? Like, you should be happy you're stuck behind bars. He yeah. Would. Yeah. You he you he'd probably get back behind bars if you got out. So Patrick Randall, who was the guy that held his head before he was shot, was also sentenced to life in prison for second degree murder, eligible for parole after forty years with twelve years deferred, making him eligible as early as twenty eighteen. He too served his sentence at the Maine State Prison. In March of two thousand nine, a judge reduced his minimum sentence by three years to twenty five years making him eligible for release as early as June 2015. Randall was granted parole by the New Hampshire Parole Board after a hearing in April of 2015. He was released on June 4th, 2015 on lifetime parole as well, mm-hmm. the same day as Flynn. Okay. So they both served the same sentence. Same kind of thing. Okay. <coughs> yep. And then the driver, Vance Latim, was sentenced to life in prison as an accomplice to second-degree murder. Eligible for parole after 30 years with 12 years suspended. In 2005, his minimum sentence was reduced by three years and he was paroled that same year, 15 years after Greg Smart's death. Okay. <coughs> so a little less for him, so obviously. So I will tell you this. Yeah. These were some harsh sentences. For a getaway driver. Yeah. He was originally sentenced to life in prison. Yeah. That's some, I mean. Yeah. We've done stories of people who've gotten a hell of a lot less. You know the guy that killed Greg? The guy that did the hit and run that left him there to die? Yeah. He only got seven years. Yeah. This guy, as a driver, a getaway driver, got life in prison. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Different just, states, different times. I just something. Yeah. A friend of ours from high school was hit, uh, killed in a hit and run years years ago, and that's what that story was. So, so yeah, it's like different times, yeah. different states, different yeah. years. But it's just like it's, these are yeah. some rough sentences. So yeah, but they don't I play mean, around in New Hampshire, I guess. So all three of the the boys are well, they're not boys anymore, but they're out. Yeah, and hopefully they've turned their lives around. I hope so. Um, I do believe that. Uh, so the co there was a co conspirator. His name was Raymond Fowler. He was waiting in the car as well. He did get actually thirty years to conspiracy. Um, for the conspiracy to commit murder. Um, he paroled in 2003, but he was sent back to prison for a parole violation a year later. Then he was paroled again in 2005. There's not a whole lot on him. He's not even mentioned in most of the media coverage. Okay. So he was just happened to be in the car at the time. So okay. Be careful who you get into a car with, you guys. Don't go for a ride. No. Don't be like, hey, you want to go for a ride? No, nope. I don't want to go for a ride. ride. I'm going to go home and watch The Office. Exactly. That is what you should always do. Yeah. So that's pretty much, in a nutshell, the story of the Greg Smart, Pamela Smart scenario. So, and the reason I say it that way is because some people believe she was framed 
that it was a jealous rage by this 15-year-old because she was calling off their relationship. Others believe that she was the mastermind of it. Molly, what do you think? I think she was the mastermind. Yeah, me too. I don't think that a 15-year-old kid decided to go kill a husband. <laughs> I just don't think so. Well, and I think that there's just too much evidence pointing at yeah. her to be involved. I mean, the door right. being open, her not being there at that time when normally she would have been. Yep. So. I just, I, yeah. yeah. And I mean, all of the kids having the same story. And mm-hmm. then like just them going, I mean, just them going to prison and just being great. Yeah. Them getting their lives together. Getting their lives together, just yeah. being model mm-hmm. prisoners. Well, she's like, a model prisoner, too. She actually has, Well, I thought no, she... Well, I mean, not she's got disciplinary actions, or I'm sure a lot of yeah. people tried to fight her and whatnot. But, no, she's actually gotten a couple master's degrees while she's buying bars. Oh, okay. So but but so. I mean, she's there for the rest of her life. Yeah. There's nothing else for her to do. Right. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, she's actually done a lot of great things in prison. But that doesn't change the fact that the one thing that would make... The, the one great thing she could do is be honest. Yeah. And she won't do it. And that's yeah. what why I like, I, I did, that's why I didn't even mention what she's doing in prison because I'm like, no. Like, the one thing you could do is give his family peace of mind. I mean, his, yeah. both Greg's parents have passed on. Yeah. Since this happened. And. Yeah, I just don't see this yeah. bo- group of, you know, boys just deciding to go do this on their own. Yeah. I think that they needed someone to push them and like, and just the fact that <laughs> she was like, friends with all of them and like like it's it's just too much coincidence for that for her not to be involved at all and i just don't get it because i don't know what the infatuation is with teenage boys to some women because yeah i find them annoying yeah well it's just i think it's just the fact that it's an older woman and that they have interest in you like like i don't know if i got hit on by a fucking young kid i'd be like you go away but I, she wasn't getting it at home. I know. And the age difference is, you know, that's she the was thing. Like young. her husband was cheating on her. So she was getting interest from yeah. these other, these boys that like thought that she was hot shit. Like she liked mm-hmm. that. And like, she was a beautiful woman. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's too bad. Yep. Well, I guess I could tell you a little bit about the house. Okay. If you'd like. Yep. So they had a condo. It was at 4 Misty Morning Drive, Unit E in Derry, North. North here, North Hampshire, mm-hmm. North Hampshire. That's my favorite Hampshire. Yep. New Hampshire. It's a two bedroom. Not, I don't like new. I like North. <laughs> you like North better? Yeah. Okay. But let's talk about new. Okay. So two bedroom, two bath, twelve hundred square foot condo. Um, let me go over. So I had it here a second ago. Of course, every time I try to talk about the sales history, I lose it. I swear, I had it right here. Oh, it, yeah. it just goes oh, away. It. No, it is there. It's just my finger. My fat. You remember because I was using. Yeah. You remember the time that I was looking for it just now? Yeah. I had my finger. I remember. You remember that It was time? now. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So the soonest. So this happened in the 90s. There is no public sales record. And I think that's because. It was the, ML- the 90s. The MLS changed for a lot of states back then. So I think that's why I can't find it. So I can start with 2015, which is when actually those guys got released. Oh, funny. <coughs> what if they all bought? What if they bought it? I don't think that. Well, it was listed for rent, so they might have rented it. Maybe they rented it. So it was listed for rent for fourteen fifty a month, and um, it didn't work out. So then it finally, it like sat there for three months with nobody renting it. So they finally listed it, and in two thousand sixteen, for one sixty nine nine, and that's what did not sell. It a month later they dropped it down to one sixty two nine, 
And then they had to drop it down again in 2016 for $159.9. And then they got so tired of waiting for it to sell that in September of 2016, they removed it from the market. And that is the last sales history it's ever had. Wow. So makes you wonder, does it got, because Derry's a small town, okay? And if this big of a thing happened in that small of a town, maybe people are like, I want nothing to do with it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So if anyone knows, like Sherry, if you know, let me know. Give us a holler. Yep. So, but that's the cut and dry case of the Gregory. Real Martin cut Martin. and dry. You know, there's so much more to it. I, I know. I encourage people to watch some. I've heard this case before. And we should watch that movie some night. Yeah. Um, but it, I'll probably get pissed off. Yeah, that, probably. Because I've heard this case mm-hmm. before. Yeah. As soon as you talked about him having rocker hair, I'm like, oh, I know this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, that's what's so crazy about him. Like, that, because if you see their wedding photos, he's got short hair. So, and I remember, I, yeah. And I remember, like, thinking to myself, oh, I'm like, oh, he cut his hair before they got married. Because people say that their marriage didn't necessarily start to really go south until after their wedding. But if she was disgusted with him before they got married, you know. I think there was more to it than other people knew. I think she was already done with the marriage before the marriage even started. So I don't know. It could go both ways. But I mean, like I said, he I'm not going to blame a victim here by any means. But, you know, he also had an affair, too. So they both were out doing things they shouldn't have been doing. He didn't deserve to die for that by any means, though. Right. So but yeah, that's that's it. That's all I've got. And well, I'm really, it was good. I like that sorry one. about but and everyone's drunk and hammered. Now. Everyone's drunk because of my coughing and my slurring of my words. And I'm not even drunk. I just can't talk. I have Novocaine. And you've got Novocaine mouth. But it's pretty much worn off by now. And I will need to pop some ibuprofen when we get home right. and lay my face on a heating pad. I will wrap <laughs> this up so we can do that. So Oh, it's fine. No, I'm just saying what. When we get home, yeah. I will so be doing that. be sure to check us out on our Facebook page, Home is Where the Murder Is. Let us know what you thought of the case. I'd yep. actually like to know your guys' thoughts. Yeah, let us know what you think. think she was in on it, or if you have another theory, maybe. Yeah, so, was it just the guys? Was it her? Yeah. So Did then, um, a neighbor do it? Oh, the neighbor. That neighbor. That They were tired of that loud rock music. The rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. turned on that radio. Jesus Christ, you can tell when you get tired. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, otherwise, uh, check out our website, uh, homelesswherethemurderis.com. If you have a case suggestion for us, you can post it in the group or email us at homelesswherethemurderis at gmail.com. Be sure to get your tickets for our live show in Milwaukee, uh, February 16th. Uh, doors open at 6, show starts at 7. And I think that's all we have right now. We will keep you posted. Yeah. I do believe we have a couple more people that were interested in us having shows. So I'm in the process of trying to figure out when we're going to get those in. And we will keep you guys posted. But mm. thank you again for yeah. always listening and having um, our backs. So we And our fronts. All righty. <laughs> Say goodbye. Goodbye.